This is the MFG Cast. everybody another live episode of the mfg cast i am kurt i am by myself but not alone just in podcast just in mfg cast form but uh this week is the week of awesome guests we're live for the second night in a row did i just say that i think i just said that but we've got another awesome guest we have got carla cop from weird giraffe games talking about what's upcoming with weird giraffe games including an awesome game that's coming to Kickstarter, Fire in the Library, uh, designed by Tony Miller and John Prather, an artist by Katie Cow and Beth Sobel. Hopefully I got everybody's names right, because usually I'm terrible at that. So I hope I did I hope I did it justice. So Carla, thanks again for coming on. It's yeah, been so long since we've seen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been like six months at least, I think. I yep, don't know. Yep, since Gen Con. Yes. I know. But- it was so cool, like actually meeting you in person after like talking to you a couple times, like on here. Like, well, like that's yeah. the cool part about the community is like you just talk on Twitter and stuff, and then somehow you meet each other in person, and you're like, whoa, you are not what I expected as a like. Well, like so many people are just icons and stuff, and you're like, whoa, you're not actually an icon. That's mind blown. <laughs> so, and then like people have real names and stuff you're not like mfg cast like you have a name and it's kurt and i totally remembered it so yeah (laughs) points for me yeah exactly well the funny part is when we were when we met and i was able to meet another couple of nice fellows um you the first thing you're like oh hey here's mfg cast and i was like you know it's weird when someone says that it's like okay that's not who i am but that's kind of cool still at the same point it's like oh yeah I do this thing. I feel kind of important. Cool. Yeah. Well, and like maybe they would know you from that. I don't know. Like if I just say like, "Hey, this is Kurt." It's like not not to be offensive, but it's like it's kind of lame. But if I'm like, "This is MFG cast," you know, like it sounds more legit. Yeah. Exactly. Who? I mean, who cares about just playing Kurt? I mean, there's a lot of Kurt's out there. I know them all. They're all terrible. But you know, (laughs) it's cool when you're able to be known as other stuff. Um, but yeah, it was awesome to play to play Stellar Leap and the old uh, be able to play it before it's becoming a reality here. And it's awesome that that uh, was able to fund and be so successful and stuff like that. This is your third game that you're coming out with, but you're not making this game. You're actually you actually found somebody else and you're putting out that game. It's so crazy that to think that you're st- you're still in your infancy of your of your you know. Uh, your company and yet you have already found this game that you want to put your faith into it so how how did you decide to just go straight to not putting out a game that's not yours okay so um it kind of started about two years ago so um the first time i went to gen con it was two years so i've been to like three gen cons i think um but the first one 
I met Tony, who is the bearded rogue, and well, like we had just talked on Twitter and stuff, and you know, we met in person. It was like this crazy thing, and so we became friends, and we were just hanging out on the uh, at the convention, and. We ended up, like, he played my first game, which was Super Hack Override, and I played his game, which was Fire in the Library, and I thought it was cool, and, you know, we were, uh, since we had played each other's games, we were friends now, and we just kept talking and stuff, and over the years, like, I got to see Fire in the Library, like, go through a couple changes, and also I got to, like, hear from Tony about, like, his experiences with other publishers, and there was, like, this general feedback that he would get from people, which would be, like, hey... Fire in the Library is a great game, but we have a pressure luck game, okay? So we, one pressure luck game, that's it. So, um, you know, it's great, but we have one already. Um, and I kept on hearing this, and I was like, but it is a great game, and I don't have a pressure luck game. So um, I kind of approached him uh, a little after Stellar Leap, and I was like, you know, this is a great game, and if everyone else has a pressure luck game, I mean, I need one, and this is a good one, and I really would like to work with you on it. And that's kind of how it happened. So, yeah, it was uh, two parts. One, the game is good, but also Tony is really nice and great. Well, and John, too. I'm just uh, closer friends with Tony. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Like, so, you know, you didn't talk a lot about the game, and I don't want to, like, flat out, like, let's let's go into, like, oh, oh. <laughs> This is how you play Fire in the Library. You do this. Well, eventually, we'll probably do this eventually, where we'll be like, oh, this yeah. is how you do this. But, you know, what What about this game? What about the mechanics or the theme of it or whatever just drew you in and said, well, I need to have this game as our published game? Okay, okay. So there's a couple things. One, it's about a fire in a library. Okay, that's really cool. Okay, well, like... I don't know how you feel about libraries, but I really thoroughly enjoy libraries. Like, I grew up, and I grew up, I was in the library constantly. Like, there was this, I had a very small library as a country kid, and I read all the books in it. Like, I literally read all of them because I would go there all the time. That's how much I love the library. Um, But, yeah, the theme is really cool. Um, The game is really thematic, which I love. Like, Weird draft games, like, I, one of our things are we really want, like, weird themes, but really thematic ones. Like, that. I don't like games where you're like, but why am I doing this mechanic? It doesn't really make sense in this context. Like, I want a game where I'm like, yes, I'm doing this because I'm, like, super in the theme and that makes sense to do. And I think the Fire in the Library does that. Like, you are pressing your luck, you're pulling things out of a bag, and... It really gets the tension up, like, um, so the game escalates as the fire escalates as much, like, if there was a building on fire, it'd be much safer to save books or save whatever in the beginning of the fire, and when, like, the end of the fire happens, like, that is much more risky, like, that just, it makes sense. So, um, that's part of it. I don't think I would ever actually make a pressure luck game, because I'm just not that sort of designer, but I also tend to design longer games, um, and I wanted a variety for the Weird Draft, like, line of games. Um, like, I, my games tend to be an hour. That's just, you know, what I design. Um, so when working with other designers and uh, signing games, I want to get, like, something different. But, yeah, I think it's just, like, the gameplay just works. It's thematic, and it's different from me. 
That's awesome. So it's a shorter game. You're saying it's really quick and it's just kind of like, you know, it, it, all, it all it all sounds like it goes with the theme. It's like, oh, get this, get out, you know, get this, get out kind of thing. Yeah, well, like, it's on fire. It's not going to go on for forever. <laughs> That's true. You don't want to just be sitting there going, wow, I really enjoy this fire in this library. This is fun. You know, because, <laughs> you know, fires hurt, you know, so you don't want to. Yeah, really I do. <laughs> well, tell, tell us, a, tell us, a, you know, in, in not so many, you know, instruction booklet terms, you know, tell people about, you know, I know we're kind of like skirting around it, but tell people kind of how they play the game. Okay, how you play the game. The first thing, there's different phases in the game. Um, the first one is uh, the choosing turn order. There's a variety of different turn order cards, um, one for each player, unless you're playing two players or solo, um, where two players you play with three for some variety because variety is fun. So each of these different turn order cards, they have uh, different numbers of safe and risky spaces. Um, for instance, the first turn order card, it has one safe space and four risky. And the fifth turn order card is super safe. It has five safe spaces, okay? So if you're the first one into the library, uh, you're not that safe. You rushed in, okay? <laughs> like, you're not, like, paying attention to where your feet are, basically. So as you're, um, when it's your turn after a turn order has been chosen, and it's chosen based on who is in last place. Um, and that's important because if you're in last place, you get to choose your destiny, if you are winning, you've basically just given your destiny. Like, that's what you're doing. Um, it's to try to, like, like if you're ever losing the game, you you haven't lost yet, okay, unless you've done terrible things, unless you just burn every time. Like, But you should be able to catch up and stuff, so it's kind of a catch-up mechanic. So once you actually you have your turn order card and you have the library bag, you reach into the library bag and you pull out um, a token. And based on that token... You like um, if it's red, it's a fire token, and you you know it's fire. If it's in a safe space, that's okay, unless it's your second fire token. However, if it uh, you put that fire token in a risky space, you burn stuff. Okay, so say that you have saved like three books, and you're like, hey, I am I am fine. I don't need to press my luck anymore. You can leave the library. You have to escape, and then you can score for those books and. Um, the scoring for the book depends on what has happened in the library. In the beginning, there's the uh, white, yellow, black, and white, yellow, black, and purple. There's four. Um, colors, they're hard right now when I'm, like, live. Um, but I typically know <laughs> colors. <laughs> so there's the different colors of books. And they each, in the beginning, they range from one for the white to four for the purple. But as you're playing, you might not save books, Okay. You might press your luck and just be like, hey, I am pulling five uh, tokens from this bag. And if you do that, you might draw a fire on your last one and then you burn four books. But if you burn the books, the game escalates a little because you have now born four books. Like, um, So you burn each section of the library and that section gets worth a little more. Um, and then the books range from their starting value to seven. Okay. And so the your last turn will probably gain you a lot more points than your first turn. Like, because if you saved um, four white books in your first turn, you'd probably get four points. But if you save that many in your last turn, you might get 28. So it, it, it gets more intense as uh, the fire escalates. 
Um, but as you burn stuff, you also add more fire cubes to the bag to simulate the, the fact that, like, you lit things on fire. <laughs> you increased it. You made things worse for yourself and everyone else. Okay, that's part of it. Because, like, if we were really good librarians, we would this would be a cooperative game. But we care about things like bravery and getting in there first and being seen as the best librarian. Um, so that's why it's not cooperative. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of how the game plays. So say um, you go through an entire round and nobody's burnt anything. And you're like, oh, so the fire is fine? Actually, it's not. So at the end of the round, nobody actually put out the fire that's in the library. So another section of the library burns. Um, more fire gets added to the bag, potentially, and the game goes on. Like, you go back and you do chiseling turn order, etc. If at any point in the game an entire section of the library is burnt, the game is just over, okay? It's just over. If it was the first player who burnt it down, the second player doesn't get to go. It's, you know, you only, you can't rush into a library that's already collapsed. Um, that's how it works. And there's one thing I didn't mention, and those are the, the tool cards. So you have all these tool cards, and you start off with two of them um, because you are a librarian that does have some skills, <laughs> which is gathering tools. Um, but you also get a tool if you end up burning books, and that's also a catch-up mechanism. Or if you leave the library early, if you choose to leave without going risky, you get another tool because, you know, you didn't press your luck too far. You have like some extra time to think about things and maybe pick something up and grab it. Um, so you get these different tools and the tools do a variety of things. Like the bucket, the bucket is really simple and you could probably just think about it. The bucket, like it puts out a fire. You just dump it on the fire. Sorry, my hands are going everywhere because that's what happens on video. And I like only notice it when I'm like, bucket. But um, I, I do the same thing. I did it yeah. last night. I was like, oh, my God, I think my hands are going moving faster than my mouth. No this worries. is not how I really talk, except for when I'm on video. Um, <laughs> but there's other tools, too. Like um, I so I like to think that this is very thematic because in my mind, like things work out, but it might not be like reality that works out. But there's a slingshot. So if you ever burn up. You can use your slingshot and you slingshot away a book and a fire to another opponent because that's how slingshots work. Like if you slung a like book, it would stay on fire probably. I mean, physics, you know, it wouldn't just go out by like being whipped in the air. But there's also other things like um, if you put on your gloves, um, that turns um, risky spaces into safe spaces so you can get more fire than you otherwise would. There's also things like an amulet where the amulet works in um, the choosing turn order phase where you get to put cubes onto uh, one onto each uh, turn order card before they're chosen and you make the choice a little bit more interesting than it otherwise would be. Um, another tool that I really like is the knapsack. This is one of my favorite tools. So you have saved a book, you score for it, and then it's kind of like a double or nothing thing where you put the book onto the tool and you draw another book or fire. If you draw a book, you get to score for both of those books again. If you draw a fire, you burn things, you know. So, I mean, fire are we librarians or are we not? I don't know. <laughs> we try our best. And, uh, well, like, I really like the knapsack because that's really the only 
tool the only way like if you are winning and you only need to burn like one more section of the library you can try to burn it with the knapsack and it doesn't hurt you to burn it but you can like specifically burn a color like otherwise you're pulling out of a bag so it's kind of random i like how you're like you're so nonchalant about it. it's like you're you might be a good librarian you might not but you could burn this side if you want even though this is your library and you're probably like oh my book or you burn this side of the library i love that and then okay. next next time I go to the library, I want to make sure I'm going to ask my librarian, do you have any gloves or an amulet? I, I would just, <laughs> do you have any of those on you? That'd be great. Yeah, magical amulet. Like, this is very serious. I actually, um, I have one, a, a quote from Jess from Gamosity. She is a librarian, and she has said 100% this is how librarians work. <laughs> That's awesome. A quote from her. That's awesome. All librarians are like this, people. Yeah, they have magical amulets. They carry around slingshots. It's real. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so when you you're not making this game, you're publishing the game. So you have you put your stamp you put your stamp of approval on it, but you also have your eyes on it. So it has to. You want to give free reign to the people that are making it, but also you want to have your hand in it to make it. A good enough product to put your stamp of approval for where to draft games. So how do you how do you balance that out when you're working with the designers and the artists? You know how do you how do you say you know oh okay I really like this but I you know I, I don't think we really need this or like ooh this would be cool here or wait oh oh you like that oh cool well we'll keep that you know how do you keep that balance? So I might be a weird publisher. Okay, well it, it's also in the name. Whatever, I might say that word too much just because it is in the name. Um, but so what? Uh, how me and Tony and John worked together is that they gave me all their files and I started immediately iterating because I had all these ideas. I made the cards. I started playtesting. I started doing things. Whenever I got to a point where I was like, hey, it could be this way or that way, I'd then go to John and Tony and be like, hey, choose one of these. Which one of these do you like? And then we talk about it. Like we talked about most of the things I changed, but like the tool deck, like before um, when they had the game, there wasn't a tool deck. Each player had individual tools um, and they had a set of four and each one, each player had the same four tools. And I was like, you know, that's, it's kind of fun, but I mean, wouldn't a random deck be better? I think like that was also a suggestion that somebody gave and I was like, yes. Random tool deck, because um, four is okay, but like four, um, I made it 10, um, maybe because round numbers. I'm not sure how I really got to 10. Uh, well, I just kept on um, making more and more tools. At this point, I have, uh, I have like a big spreadsheet, and I have maybe 30 or so different tools, but I have them separated out into expansions because if I would have just kept on like adding them into the game, like the game would get too heavy and then it would be like a large cost. But yeah, there's different expansions now because when it got like more than 10, I was like, you know, like let's figure out what the best ones are, what the main theme of, you know, the, the base tool games would be. And I ended up going with like the base tools are the more simple, straightforward, non-animal themed. I I just like sometimes I think about how animals will help me, maybe because I saw a lot of Disney movies as a child. So <laughs> there's a series of animals like um, that will be in the Menagerie expansion or maybe Tony will convince me that, you know, you don't need a cobra in a library. So... <laughs> We'll just ask Jess from Gamosity. We'll see. 
Yeah, we'll see. I'll ask Jess, but she really likes cats and probably other animals too. So, you know, why not? Plus, okay, so the cobra, can you picture this in your mind? You are saving books from a library and somebody throws a cobra at you. What does it do? I, I, I don't know because I'm I just let you know if someone's throwing me throwing a cobra at me when I go to the library, I'm not going to the library anymore. I'm like Indiana Jones. I hate snakes. Not going to be around. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that, so that's kind of the effect it has. It means that you can't, you like, use any other tools because, like, somebody just threw a cobra at you. You have enough things to deal with. Like, you can't use an axe right now. You have to deal with the cobra that's on you right now. Yeah, cobra? exactly. I always think to myself, like, yeah, I'm like, well, I can't use my axe. This cobra is being thrown at me. <laughs> Two things that I usually usually come up when, you know, when I go to the library. Yes. So super thematic, like at least in my head, you know. There's also right. like a canary, like you go mining with a canary, you might take a canary into a burning library and then it will show you where the fire is because like you can't see it or you're bad at well like I think like when you're actually like you're going into the library, you're more concerned with finding books and then the canary tells you where the fire is. So, you know, it's it seems like to me when you're when you're talking about working with uh, John and Tony, it seems like it's very, <laughs> very easy. It seems like it seems like you guys really knocked out a lot of stuff. Were there anything where you guys were button heads or, you know, was there something that you were really passionate about or they were really passionate about that, you know, took a little took a little bit of time to kind of suss it out? Um, Maybe the turn order cards. It's not that, like, we were really arguing about it. It was just... So I wanted to make the game a six-player game because, well, I play a lot of six-player games. Like, that's three couples, and I prefer to hang out with two groups of friends versus just one, like, one friend and their spouse. So I want to make it six players, and it was before it was five players. So how do we get there? Um, I tried a couple different iterations on making the six-player card. Like, do you change the other cards? Do you make it flippy? Um, but it wasn't really um, that hard to get through. It was just I'd do something and I'd ask them about it and they'd be like, you know, do you really want flippy cards where like it could be on the wrong side? And I was like, oh, but it, it says words. And then like eventually I was like, yeah, it'd be better if it wasn't flippy, you know, and then it could also have a card back maybe and like. Well, you want to make things easy for people and not have things in a game where you could mess it up. Like, you know, like, well, because, like, if you're in the middle of a game, you might not be looking at the, like, the tiny text on a card. You might just be, like, so excited that you're playing the game. So I would say, like, that was the most um, things, like, well, because sometimes people have to tell me the same thing repeatedly, like, maybe three times. Like, the first time I'm like, oh, but I like my idea. <laughs> but then, like, if I hear the same thing again and again, then I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see it from the other perspective now. But, like, there's some things where I can, like, just immediately, I'm like, yeah, I see that. But, like, some things, it's just like, but this is my baby for some reason. For some reason, I really care about this thing. And I have to be told, like, four times to change it. Yeah, and you have to think about it their way too, because they're probably, they're probably, you know, when they're sending their stuff to you, and you're like, well, this is some stuff I want to change. They're probably thinking right away. They're, you know, there's, I mean, most people are open to change, but there's some people that have that back in their mind. It's like, okay, 
I had this, I had it this way for a reason. Why would you want to change it? You know, so you know, it's, yeah. it, I'm sure it's hard for people to kind of get out of that bravado of their personality where it's like, I made this and this is kind of how I wanted it. So it's hard to get talked into that. Yeah, I think, well, they were all very cool about it. Like when I was like, hey, I'm just, I'm doing these changes. Like they were pretty excited about it. Mostly, um, uh, well, I talked to Tony about it and he really liked the fact that he had somebody, like I had a direction, like I had a direction that I was going in an idea and what I wanted. And I was like a, like the yes or no person, like I could give a definite answer. Um, but when you're a designer looking for a publisher, you might go to a different publisher and they'll be like, hey, change this and we'll talk again. And after like talking with so many publishers and like not going anywhere, having like a person that's like, yes, this is good. Let's do this. We're going here now was was good for him. Nice. That's awesome. I like to hear that. I always love to hear when things go go swimmingly for you know for people when they're doing stuff like that because it seems like it's just it's already kind of a stressful thing if it feels like so it's cool to see that when things click in like that. So you were able to snatch uh, Katie Cow and uh, Beth Sobel for the art. How were you able to do that? I mean, come on, lucky you. Yeah, I know. I'm so happy. So Katie, that one was a easy one. I just, I emailed her and I was like, Katie, I love your work. Will you work for me? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so that Boy, is, a, that, is it that easy? Wow. Yeah, apparently. Like, I don't know. It's, well, um, also, like, Beth, Katie, and me, we're like three women doing stuff. Like, I really like that idea. Um, but yeah, like, Katie was just like, yeah, I'll work with you. Here's my costs and stuff. For Beth, it was more of a fun story where, um, so Tony and Beth were at BGGCon and Beth asked to play Fire in the Library and they were playing Fire in the Library with Tony. I was not there. And Beth and her husband were talking and Beth was like, hey, do you think I have time to do the art for this game? And her husband was like, yeah, I think so. And, and then like Tony was like, what? You could do the art for my game? You have to talk to Carla, but, like, whoa, Beth? Like, that was so cool. And, like, when I heard it, I was like, whoa, Beth said that she could do the art for me? Like, I would never have approached her just because, like, she's just so good at things. I would just figure she'd be like, hey, you're just, you are too small for me. Just get out. But, like, she offered, and it was, like, it all worked out. And I, I emailed her, and I told her how much art I needed. And it's all been a really fantastic, exciting process. Like, she is very cool to work with. Like, well, both her and Katie, like, I just tell them what I want, and I'll say things like, Beth, I like rainbows and neon colors, so please make this. And then she'll give me stuff back, and it's like, yes, yeah, that was perfect. And I asked for, like, the library, and I was like, hey, it's not exactly modern, and it's not old, and it could have magic in it. So, yeah, that's my idea. And then she gave me something that was, like, exactly that. So it's it's been really great just working with people that will just, like, make the thing that I envisioned, but, like, better than I envisioned it. Yeah, that's awesome. And you brought some examples of that. Please show everybody, because I, I just want to oh. see it myself. I'm going to be selfish, but I want everyone else to see it, too. Okay, one, look at this box. Does it look like a book by chance? Oh, it looks awesome. It looks like it looks like a Harry Potter book or something. It looks phenomenal. Yes, I love it. It like it came out so well. And like people have mistaken it for a book, which is awesome. 
Like how? I don't know. They don't pay that yeah. much attention because it's pretty square. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we have this scoreboard, which is pretty cool. It's like a, a library track. Uh, yep. We have, so my box, uh, my personal box is like so many things in it that I didn't actually prepare for it. I thought I did, but I did not. So it has lots <laughs> of things, but there's this bag. I made this bag with my hands. Oh, nice. And which has all the different cubes in it. So I don't know how to, okay, yes. Oh, cubes. that's perfect. Hand. Beautiful, beautiful, great. So there's 17 fire cubes that come with it. You start off with seven in the bag and 10 get added throughout the game. There's 22 library tokens with seven white ones, six yellow, five black, and four purple. Like, how cool is that? I'm, I know all the numbers, like, so well. Um, here are some prototype uh, tokens that I laser cut that aren't going to be in the real game. So we also have a series of meeples. And so these meeples are white, black, purple, yellow, orange, and teal. One, because those are awesome colors, but they're mm -hmm. also colorblind friendly, which I really like. And they're like, well, being colorblind friendly means they're all like super bright, which is awesome. Yep, I love that. And then we get to like the cool part, like where you see me like chucking all these things. Like, like this is like a series of expansions, guys. They're not nice cards. They're just sleeved, um, regular copier paper. Like this is one is a bore ensign. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I so a bore ensign was a graphic on what is it? That one graphic site that I get all my graphics from. Oh, gameicons.net. It's an amazing resource. And I go there and I look at stuff and I just see all these icons. And that's how I came up with the Cobra. Because I was going through the icons and I was like, whoa, that's a Cobra. How would you use that in a library? You'd chuck it at someone. <laughs> so like, that's part of my game design process is I look at icons and I'm like, how could I use this thing as a tool? But yeah, I'm assuming like that's a good hint for anyone because like, well, I'm not actually that creative, but like if you give me a question like use a canary in a library during a fire, I'm like, okay, I can solve that problem. So here is the bucket. How cute is that bucket? Like I would yeah. say this is the best bucket I've ever seen. <laughs> like Beth does like, like you wouldn't think like art of a bucket or like gloves would be so cool, but like Beth, she just does like awesome things. I should have been more prepared and made the whole, um, there's like a literal rainbow in here. And if you put them together all right, it's like, whoa, that is a rainbow of cards. If I can rainbow. Are you prepared for this rainbow? <laughs> this isn't even all of them, but like, Everything is so bright and colorful. Like, do you see where I told Beth, like, give me a rainbow? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. All the all the colors are vibrant, and I love that. So, there's the, those were the tool cards, and those are the rainbow of things. We also have these. Oh, and the backs. So, I think the backs are really cool as well. So, the library cards have this fiery back, and the tool cards have this like icy back. So like the library cards go on fire and the tool cards put out the fire. That's why they're blue. Nice. Awesome. So like you have to think about those kind of things as a publisher, like, hey, you have to make a game back and or a card back. Like how are those gonna look and how are those gonna be? And well, I didn't really decide what they were, 
I was just like, Beth, please make this for me. And she's like, do you want something geometric? And I'm like, I don't know. Show me what that means. And then I'll say yes or no. But then I was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Wasn't what I expected, but I liked it. Well, she's obviously been doing been doing it for a bit. So she kind of knows, you know, what what, you know, she has an idea of what kind of goes with where, you know, what, what game and yeah. stuff like that. So here is one half of the library. And as you can tell, they go together to form an image. I thought that nice. was really cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Like if I had good hands or something, or if I had a person <laughs> like that was sitting beside me this whole time listening and just being here, maybe we could together put these cards together. I don't know. So this is hard, okay, Kurt? <laughs> Wait, like I didn't practice this, but look at this. There, there you go. Oh, yeah. beautiful. That's a beautiful library. It's much easier to do on a table, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, I appreciate you trying to do that even though you didn't really have to. Yeah, like I should have definitely practiced. I will tell you that much. Oh, and then there's like the turn order cards where the turn order cards, like that one is first. So you see the one safe and the four risky that have fire in it. And it progresses like this is fourth. And it goes down. There's like six different ones. And then you have reference cards. And the reference cards aren't that exciting other than like the fact that they have like the little icons on them. Where like if you can see it, like one of the icons is a tiny unicorn. Like Katie was just fantastic there. Like, well, because I asked her for a tiny unicorn, but then I got the tiny unicorn. I was like, whoa, you did that. You made a cute little tiny unicorn. <laughs> Like, I don't know why I'm so surprised when people give me the thing I asked for, but, like, I'm like, whoa, that came out way cuter than I thought. I also have, like, this, where um, this isn't, like, the super final version, but this is, like, the deluxe, which is, like, wood. So, yeah, like, you can open it, and it has, like, the things. So the actual copy, um, we accidentally didn't take the right wood. Um, we took the stained on both sides wood so the deluxe copy will be like wood color on the inside but as you can see there's a scoreboard right there and it's made in the usa so i mean we have to say that right if you have a laser cutter and you're cutting things but yeah so this is the deluxe box and you don't get well i don't know if it'll be called the deluxe box nix thinks that we should call it like something else um, but that is the laser cut wood box. We also have these laser cut little tokens. <laughs> I'm like, you can see that I can't really tell where my hands are. But like, what does that look oh like? God. They're adorable little books. Look at those things. Yeah, I think like my favorite part is that they're laser cut, which means that they're kind of singed a little. But yeah, if you were saving books in a library that was burning down, like, the books would probably be a little singed. They wouldn't be, like, perfect. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, like, the regular fire bag. So the actual game, like, if you just get the base version of the game, it will probably have a plain black bag unless we, like, do super well and hit all the stretch goals and stuff. Um, but you'll get this awesome fire bag in the deluxe version as well. So, yeah. Nice. There's other stuff, too, but we haven't actually um, cut out all the things. It takes so long to laser cut something. Like, you would think that lasers would go, like, super fast, but, well, they do go super fast like this, but um, it takes a while to, like, 
they'll like go like this and then like eventually you'll get the line that's there so yeah but lasers yeah. are cool <laughs> if we've learned anything lasers definitely are cool yeah so what are we what are we looking at for what we're paying for this game then you talked about the regular version and then the deluxe so what are what are we paying and what are we get what are we getting for that Okay, so the regular version is $19, and then it, there's a shipping cost as well, um, $5 if you're in the United States. And for that, you get the box, the tools, all the things I just showed um, in the base version. For the deluxe version, or whatever I end up calling it in a couple of days, um, you get the base copy of the game. Um, in addition to the extra box, the tokens, the fancy bag, a like limited edition like hey i bought the deluxe version token um thing we're also going to have a tier if you want um that'll be 38 dollars where you get a game and you can also donate to a library so i'm very excited about that one uh, because like well imagine if you were a kid and you could discover board games in a library like my library just had books, but like if you could play games with other kids instead of just reading in a corner by yourself, like wouldn't that be cool? So yeah, yeah um, the library tier. And I think I'm going to add on an additional tier where if you get the deluxe version, you can also add on some uh, donations to a library. And if you get any of the donation library tiers, you'll get like a really cool laser cut token because like you're a cool person for donating to a library, so you deserve a token, at the yeah. very least, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I've I, you know I've heard more and more. It feels like there are people playing more board games at libraries. I know the, like the Boards Live part, podcast. I think one of the guys goes down there and plays plays there all the time. So, I love that idea. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well. I, I can't wait to see this. I mean, again, you've you've done so well with your other two games. You know, we I have uh, Super Hack Override just sitting on my shelf over here. I'm staring at it right across the room, and you know, it was awesome to play uh, Stellar Leap. It'll be oh, there it is. I'm so excited about this. This one's also neon colored. I know. I can't wait to play that too. And then, uh, yeah, so this is going to be coming out March 19th, which is coming out in a few, it'll be coming out in a few days here. Yeah, Monday. That's like three days from now. I know. Crazy. Is is are Tony and John just like out of their minds right now, like nervous yeah. and what's going to happen kind of thing? Well, yeah, yeah. I think that they're, they're going between the two. Like, well, I am too. Like, because like you also, like, so as a publisher, I have to think about like, oh, what if we don't fund? What if we just fund? What if we do pretty good? But what if it goes insane? Like, I don't know. I have to have all those, like, different plans in there. And then, like, on actual Kickstarter day. So I've done this twice, and it's happened both times where I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad with what we're doing. And then it's like, um, then you get those feelings where you're like, but this hour wasn't as good as last hour. I must suck as a human being. <laughs> like, your emotions just go back and forth. And it's it's like that. And I'm one of those people who's like, you know what? Instead of going to sleep right now, I could just like post on these message boards and do all these other things instead of sleeping the entire time. Like, because that's a good choice, right? Who needs sleep when you could work? So I kind of like drive myself a little insane, but I'm getting better at that whole, like, um, like the positive thinking and not the, you know, 
nobody's back in an hour. I must be the worst human imaginable. Yeah, like that's not going to happen this time. Yeah, we'll see, yeah I, I mean, I yeah. can't tell the future. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never do. Well, it's funny because I think about it when I'm watching other people's Kickstarters too. I'm like, well, it's just got to be heart wrenching and stuff like that. But also, you got to think like, okay there's a lot of people on the east coast that are still sleeping there's still people on the west coast that have they're maybe you know they've been up for a while and maybe they're at work or whatever you know so you know there's just a lot mm-hmm. of different things you know maybe they just wanted to be offline today or something like that you know so yeah yeah, yeah. maybe they'll imagine. come tomorrow like it's okay and like people will pre-order after the kickstarter I think part of the issue is that there's kick track. I don't know if you've ever looked at kick track, but it has like the big graph and it does, it compares each day to the other days. And like day one will be the best day. Like that's, I know that in my head. Okay. But like tell my emotions that, you know, like you have to deal with that sort of thing. Oh, well, and like you'll always have those days. Like not a lot of people are online on Sundays. Like that's probably going to be the worst day. And there'll probably be a negative day because, well, there's a lot of people on Kickstarter that like back a Kickstarter and then like they have a bill or they break their leg and then they're like, oh, I shouldn't get games because I have to pay a hospital bill. So they cancel. And it's like, it's not because of you or your game or like, like, it kind of, like, sometimes feels like it's an attack on you. Like, oh, my gosh, they didn't like me as a person, so they unbacked. But it's really, like, you know, everyone has a finite amount of cash. But, like, I say this, but, like, your mind meeting your heart is hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, the e- the ego is the ego mixed with the heart is always it can be a deadly combination. So you have to be careful with that. But I have a feeling you're got you guys are going to be just fine. This is going to make lots of money, and you're going to be wondering how to how do I get all these things out to ho- all these people and stuff like that. And it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. I, I like I've right now I'm in that like super excited state where I'm like, yes, it's gonna go well. I'm gonna be fine. Everything's good, except like I'm not like the little uh, gif of that dog in like the burning room. But maybe I am because like it. it that's kind of the theme of it is like everything's alright. We're burning down, but I mean that's the game though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it goes, it goes all with it. That's awesome. So make sure you go out March 19th, Weird Draft Games, get some fire in the library. You're going to enjoy it. Um, You may have to wait a bit, but guess what? The waiting will be fun. Because you know what? A cobra is going to be thrown at you eventually. I mean, who doesn't want that? I mean, I would love it. Or, well, I would prefer to be the one throwing the cobra, but... (laughs) Not me. I I love cobras being thrown at me. That's my favorite. Like now you're like getting me down this path of maybe I should design a game about that where it's just about throwing cobras. Like that's the main thing. It's probably a dexterity game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like a jumping monkeys game or monkeys in a barrel, but it's you're just throwing cobras at uh, you know terrified people. Yeah, exactly. The things we get into when we talk about games. I love it. So again, thank you, Carla, for coming on. It was awesome to talk to you again. And well, I'm good luck. Good luck with Fire in the Library. I can't wait for it to be successful. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I can't wait to talk to you again. Hopefully we can meet up again at Gen Con or, I mean, Origins if you're going to be there. But yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. So until next time, I am Kurt, and thanks for watching and listening to another edition of the MFG Cast. Bye. Bye. 
Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.